0: For joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains, my family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today's podcast, we're talking to a local boy made good. But first, let's hear from some sponsors. Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian field. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire, and eat accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. Imagine a place with mountain heritage food and an underground speakeasy. There is no other place like the Metal Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain Adventure starts with where you stay. Smokiesadventure.com. Smokies is plural, adventure is singular. It's a site with information and listings about the Smoky Mountains, including hiking and, and wedding venues and has links to books and trail maps and resources to help you experience the Smokies in a whole different way. The emphasis of Smokies Adventure is outdoor recreation, outdoor life events like weddings and adventures, along with providing information on lodging, family entertainment, events, conventions, honeymoons, and more. It is a leading information portal for the Smoky Mountains. It's good to see you all, or hear you all, or be part of your listening uh, experience this week. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be back, we've had a couple of weeks off. Um, I got a little poem that's relevant, I think, to, to, to some of the things we're talking about today. And it's called The Recipe. It's by a a user online named Crafty Mermaid. So I'm not sure who it belongs to. But it's simple. It's called The Recipe. Sweet recipe handed down. Pristine dried fruit. Perfect eggs. Golden batter in my aunt's Pyrex bowl. But Cousin Lucy, check the eggs. The batter's too dark. She turned and laughed. Oh, honey, that's just the brandy. I can feel my aunt turn over in her grave. <laughs> that's talking about fruitcakes, of course. Um, and uh, as you know, I'm the, the proprietor and owner of the Metal Ark Motel. We're going to have some fruitcake coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, you know how companies have a holiday parties for employees and family? Well, at the Metal we're, we're going to have our guests at our, at our company party as well. On December eighteenth, the week before Christmas, we will celebrate with traditional mountain treats like fruitcake. And by the way, you know the fruitcake, which you know came over with uh, with the Scotch Irish settlers. Um, and and my wife, who's actually of Trinidadian descent, where they have a similar um, uh, traditions of Scotch Irish coming uh, coming there, she might do a, a, a Trinidadian black rum cake. Uh, we'll have mincemeat pies. And other treats. We will also a uh, serenade. It wasn't called caroling when I grew up. It was called serenade. Uh, serenading people in front of their rooms and giving them warm cookies. We we'll, will send we will send Santa letters to the fairies for delivery. This means throwing them into the fire. And of course, we'll have good drinks and music. But guests will attend free. Locals can get in fifteen dollars. So show up. Let's have a good time week before Christmas. We're also uh, at the metal Arc in, in, in January. I'm very excited about uh, something that we're going to be doing. Uh, two years ago, we had what was called a Robert Burns Supper. Now, Robert Burns is the poet laureate of um, Scotland during the, the, essentially the time when we, a lot of the Scotch-Irish were coming over to settle uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Smoky Mountains and the rest of the Appalachia. And uh, and they surely uh, knew it was Robert Burns, who was one of their favorite poets as well. Uh, and he also was uh, recorded and and, and actually uh, wrote down and also created a lot of ballads that was popular to sing uh, at the time that, the, that we were there the, were the settlers in the smoke in the Appalachians. So there's an annual. Um, birthday celebration in Scotland and other places that love his poetry um, on, Jan- on January 25th of every year. And this is a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's called the Burns Supper, Supper and it's an institution of Scottish life celebrating the life and work of the National Bar of Scotland. It's a combination of culinary delights, pop and circumstance, artistry and entertainment and culminating in a row- rowdy, Rival fun filled night that is held annually. And it'll feature things like a haggis, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but it's worth tasting once in a lifetime. Uh, and it's going to be at the metal arc on January 25th, which is, you know, um, it's a, uh, my family's owned, it's, uh, owned it for many years and we're known for our hospitality and passion for culture and art. Uh, it'll be an evening filled with delicious Scottish food. Uh, and there'll be wine tasting, whiskey tastings, and toasts, and all sorts of things. But not only that, for the four days prior to the event, we're going to be doing uh, many scottish themes events. Like Friday, there will be a, a whiskey-taking in the, in the speakeasy, and, and we have a Scottish artist-in-residence who will be doing music, um, uh, uh, DJing music. And then he will also, on Saturday, create a concert, uh, with uh, Mike and, and some of his friends in the in the, in the in the in the in the either the pavilion or in the speakeasy. Then on the Sunday there will be a bonfire, historical programs by Bob Plott, and uh, a more ballad sung uh, by an artist named William Ritter. And then on Monday there will be um, a program presided by Mac McLean, president of the Haywood Historical Society, County Historical Society. Uh, about the Ulster Scots in North Carolina. And then Tuesday night, of course, will be the, the big, Ribald raucous event that's called the Burns Dinner. And many of us will be wearing our kilts from our family heritage uh, and uh, doing toasts and just having a grand old time. So I look forward to seeing you at some of these events that we're having. And, of course, on Christmas Day, we have a Christmas meal for our guests. And on uh, on, on New Year's Eve, We have a wonderful um, um, uh, toast and champagne and whatnot in the speakeasy uh, for our guests. Um, So today's podcast, we have a wonderful guest. His name is Jason Brady. And he's worked for the past two decades at Western Carolina University. And now works, I think, as the interim chief chief of special collections from the university the department he has worked in for the past 13 years. Jason is a fine writer and an avid hiker who enjoys spending time with his wife and their four beloved dogs. Hello, Jason. Hey there.
1: So how are you doing today? How's, the North, how's Western North Carolina treating
0: you? Oh, it's great.
1: Yeah, it's
0: just a great place to be. Yeah. So you grew up and are a native of uh, one of the most beautiful communities in our region, Caney Fork. What was it like growing up there as a boy?
1: Well, it was um, it was fantastic, really. Um, it was much more rural um, when I was a kid. A lot more agriculture. There was a lot of farming. Um, very tight knit community. Um, yeah. It was it was just a wonderful place to to be a kid.
0: What were some of the things that you enjoyed doing in Canyon Fork when you were growing up?
1: We used to go on what we called creek walks. we just take off up the creek, just walking in the, the Caney Fork. It's a uh-huh. river. Um, I spent more than a little time in the cane break near Caney Fork um, in front of our house. and um, actually spent a little bit of time in the tobacco fields nearby, too. Um, we, we We really... It was it was a really special place to be as a kid. Sort of idyllic, right?
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Cool. Um, And um, did you start? Did you have? Did you have any interest in history and that sort of stuff when you were when you were a kid in that area? Did things pique your interest that you can look back and say, "Hey, that's maybe where some of my thought processes came from."
1: I did. um, I I read a lot um, as a kid. And gravitated towards history, but I always just saw it as a as a, a an interesting thing as, as a hobby. Uh, I never
0: pictured it as some sort of career path. Mm-hmm. I guess you know a lot of people don't when they when you say you're studying history, people say, "What well, are you going to be a lawyer?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not necessarily the most obvious lawyer or professor. So. Um, uh, so you, you, you went to, you went to Western Carolina University and you graduated in 1999, uh, with a degree in electronics, electrical engineering, uh, and then, <laughs> and then you headed off to the big city of, uh, North, uh, Raleigh, the capital of North Carolina. How well, how did you get into electrical engineering and what did you do there? Well, I, I don't know.
1: I was always, um. I was always good at math and science and that was the height of the tech boom. You know, that oh, was, yeah. that was what people were doing and the money was great. And they were hiring people straight out of college for pretty obscene amounts of money.
0: Oh, it's um, crazy. I, I raised a few million dollars right in 1999. And I raised a bunch of money at com. Yeah. I know all about that craziness, man. <laughs> it was
1: wild. Yeah. So, I didn't think I'd miss the mountains that much um i I just it just never crossed my mind right. because I guess if you grow up in a place you just don't really you don't really truly appreciate it for what it is, but I did once I got down there
0: and how long did you and how long
1: did you work down there about a year and a half right and it really got it was like that's enough for me, yeah, yeah, pretty much um, I like the work. The work was uh, once I got to know what I was doing, um, I enjoyed the work. But I just were you programming? Where were you doing? Uh, I was doing. Uh, I was doing um, fiber optic communications. I was doing. Okay. Um, a, I was working for one of the major uh, long distance carriers and network providers in the country, and. Wow. It was it was challenging and it was interesting, but I really I miss my family and I miss this place an awful lot. So, um, doctor, I got you got an opportunity. You got an opportunity. What was that opportunity? Well, um, I got an opportunity to come back. I actually started working at Western again, mm-hmm. um, and I, I worked in the library when I was a student at Western. And always miss the library too. Um, the library is just a wonderful place to be. So uh, when I came back, I worked. Um, I've, I've worked for several departments in the library, but I spent quite a while in cataloging. Um, but then the opportunity arose in special collections.
0: Oh, and of course, uh, that's a lot of that's digital. So you have a pretty good familiarity with that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Cool. And I worked as I, I worked in special collections with George Frizzell when
0: I was a student. So oh, wow. I was
1: already in. So cool. So when we
0: come back, we're going to break now. We'll talk more about uh, the the Herbitt role as a historian and special collections and things like that. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast. My guest Jason Brady. So Jason, um, you're you're at Western Carolina doing the director of the uh, of the uh, special digital collections at WCU, uh, and, and, uh, and I guess in that role you're a historian and activist. Um, but you know, I want to. Uh, there's something that I wanted to get you know asked first is that. There is a huge event that happens related to uh, where you are every year. It's like one of the top ten events in the Southeast, I think, festivals, the, the Western Carolina University Mountain Heritage Day. Are you involved in planning or playing an active role in that?
1: Not a whole lot. Um, I have a lot of great memories of going to it when I was a kid. And when, when, we, when they, they put that on, um, we always have a large influx of folks come into special collections um who are interested in our region's history
0: now do you do you do you ever do any um you know exhibits there during the thing or any kind of programs involved in the festival the library does sometimes Uh Um, we we play we play a
1: supporting role to the mountain heritage center if they need photographs historic photographs or anything else Um, we're kind of behind the scenes
0: it really is an awesome event festival, isn't it?
1: It really is. Um, that was one of those things that, as a kid, you just never missed Mountain Heritage Day. It was it was always something on the calendar.
0: And yeah, last year was canceled. But I heard it was back. No, the year before, was it last year or before? Now I'm getting confused. How many years we've been in COVID? <laughs> but it was back, right after after COVID restrictions were placed, and it was incredible, right? Yeah, it sure
1: was. Um, it was it's it's it was good to see it come back. Um, yeah, they had the they they thought it was best to take a year off. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they didn't do a, they didn't do a virtual one, right?
1: I don't think so. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe there. I don't think there was.
0: So let's get back to you. All right. You mentioned George Frizzell who was like, what was the director of the special of the, of the WC center for like 30 some years, right?
1: Yeah. North of three decades. Yeah, he
0: was. He's Um, like a historical icon, another local boy, right? You worked with him.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I was George's assistant for about 10 years. Um, and George, George is definitely, he's an accomplished historian, especially, especially for local history. He he just, he's, he's amazing.
0: Right. And you worked with him when you were, when you were in school there, right? Yeah. I did. I worked, I
1: worked with, I worked for George when I was a student as well. So he inspired you
0: from the get go. That's why you came back probably. <laughs> it's a,
1: it's a big part of it. He's, yeah. he's a good friend too. Um, yeah. and George, George is just, he's so knowledgeable and he's just so generous. Um, I, I learned, I learned so much from George.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really cool to have a mentor like that to get to, to really start your career. Um, but after he retired, you worked as an intern director for, for the whole the whole thing, right? Well,
1: um, actually, we had we had a, a merger of special and digital collections, and the librarian who ran the digital collections part became the librarian of special and digital collections. And when she left, I became interim head of special
0: and digital collections. I okay, think cool, and hopefully that'll change to be like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say that, but I can. <laughs> no,
1: she actually we hired we we've rehired. So, oh, really, I don't, I don't have to do that stuff anymore.
0: Uh, I, I get to work with the materials now. Oh, cool. Sure. So. They're having fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I worked at IBM, right? And uh, when I first started my career as a young guy, and I loved programming, I loved programming. But then they promoted me, they started promoting me up the chain. I got to be a chief programmer. And the thing was, the chief programmer was just an administrator. I could. Yeah, he doesn't I program. Yeah. I could not stand it. I ended up quitting. I could not stand it. It was a big job, but I could not stand it. I just I, it just literally drove me nuts. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. It's it's exactly how it is. I yeah. vastly prefer to interact with uh, the donors and the the users of our materials and the materials themselves
0: yeah now anytime i've ever even gotten close to being like i have to be the administrator instead of doing the stuff it's like that nah, not for me so uh, you yeah, know being a business owner is is you're you it you, you get to be at the top of the thing and things you choose what parts you're doing so i i do the parts that actually involve doing stuff um right. <laughs> So, you, so now you're handling the special collection. That is a great honor, actually. And it it's perpetuating a bunch of George's legacy. Um, what are, What were your earliest challenges with
1: it? Well, the, the first major challenge of losing George is, is losing George. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of information that he carries around with him is just staggering. Um, and really, keeping keeping contact with the organizations and the individual people who are such good friends of special collections, Um, keeping a good personal relationship with these folks, Um, you know, they know George. So. (laughs) Yeah. And you're not George. (laughs) And I'm not George. Exactly. You know, we, we, we do our best, but. (laughs) that was a, that's
0: one of those losses that you just don't take easily. You know, you can't, you can't reproduce it. You have to, you have to build your own legacy in a different way. Right. Exactly. You have to,
1: you have to build those relationships with folks. And uh, I mean, it's wonderful. We've got great folks. It's, um, but he was, he, like I said, he was, George is very generous and he, he introduced me to all sorts of people. Um, in the years before his retirement, um, just so I could be helpful.
0: And he got you to write the appendix for one of his great books, right?
1: Yeah. He and, um, May Claxton did a book on Horace Kephart's writings. Uh, It was published by the university of Tennessee press. And I got to write the appendix for that, that describes Horace Kephart's library, Mm -hmm. the, the books that are in his library.
0: Cool. got do you have any other writing credits that you like? That you're proud of?
1: Um, no, not really. I I I write a bunch of finding aids.
0: for really. collections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, listen. Before it took me until I was into my uh, 40s to actually do anything but technical writing, but then I got into poetry and other things, and I started. Yeah, doing some things I found out I liked it, but you know, my my credits before say forty five were you know the the reasons why Q theory is working for blah blah blah. <laughs> right, <laughs> which only a few right. people in the world would find interesting. Yeah. Um, so, what is the typical day like for a professional historical archivist? Or there such well,
1: they they vary. Um, I. I take in new collections, um, or I'll be describing old collections. I'll be doing space management, uh, working with donors, I and mean, mostly helping people find answers to their questions. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. So it's, it's um, you're sort of like an uh, analog internet. Yeah, pretty much.
1: It's uh, it kind of feels like that sometimes,
0: right? <laughs> and you just have to back yourself up with a little digital information. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, digital memory bank. you think you'll take one of the first chips that go your brain to provide a, 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 an index of lots of information? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, So you know, you we did a um, we did a camp art festival at the Metal Arts Smoky Mountain Heritage Center. And you really assisted us with some displays and programs that were incredible. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and I, you know, the question I I would think that you're you're like Western Carolina. Your your department, the Western Carolina University Special Collections, has to be world's foremost cap art collection, right?
1: I would like to think so. I can't imagine that the, anybody could be better. Um, yeah. We and have. An enormous collection that of Kephart's, um information, his 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 personal possessions when he when he passed, his library, his journals, photographs, um, drafts of of writing works, and so forth. Um, it's it's a large collection, and after that, we've received collections of uh, family correspondence and. All sorts of other things from Libby Kephart Hargrave, his great granddaughter.
0: Oh, you um, the wedding dress! She brought that to uh, to of his Right. Wife at the, to yes, the exactly. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: our our Kephart collection is is just fantastic, um, and much of the collection is on our our digital projects online.
0: Well, cool. well, for those um, listening, horse Kephart don't know already. We talked about him, but. Horse Kephart was one of the uh, quote, quote, unquote, uh, original founders or inspirations for the Great great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, And he's also quite an interesting character with a really uh, intense personal story that creates uh, lots of uh, acclaim as well as lots of controversy. So (laughs) it's nice to have a lot of information about him. Um, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other founders that you might have some, you know, some uh, info in the in the in the collection of the Smoky Mountains. Howdy. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. My guest, Jason Brady. So, Jason, you have you know other founders of the uh, of the uh, Great Smoky Mountains uh, artifacts and information there at the special collections of WCU, like George Manzo, the Japanese photographer. He's an interesting guy, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah, and I think you're a pretty elaborate. Uh, uh, a collection about him, All right? Yeah,
1: it's um, it's also the things that were in his possession when he died. Oh wow!
0: But you know what I really learned about it is you had the Kelly Bennett photo archives uh, that he put up recently, right? Yeah, it's very
1: exciting. Um, it's a large photo archive taken by the Bryson City pharmacist Kelly Bennett. Can you can you tell us a little bit about him? And what his contributions were? Oh, gosh. We don't have time.
0: Oh, well, um, give me a little. Give me a little. Give me a
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was a. He was a state senator. He was a state representative. He was mayor of Bryson City. Uh, he was the sole pharmacist besides his father and his brother. Um, it, besides, his father opened the first pharmacy in the area um, in Bryson City. And uh doc kelly was um just intensely involved in all sorts of civic things uh he was he was at everything uh if his photographs are any indication he took photographs of all sorts of things like um athletic events uh scrap metal drives from world war ii um he took thousands
0: and thousands of photographs. He, was, he ended up being a, a, an amateur historian in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. With, he was with an intense, with an intense documentation.
1: Uh, yeah, and and he really knew what he was doing too. His
0: photographs are just they're brilliantly executed. Wow, you know Bob Bob Plot. You know Bob. You know he's, he works with. He's the general manager of our Metal Art Smoky Mountain Heritage Center. So. He knew Mister Bennett as a boy, and you know, I visited his drugstore often. And then he, Bob said they had great fountain drinks and milkshakes. And now he'll never forget the sign: "Ask Bennett." He knows that's sort of good marketing there, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is, and I—I I doubt it's wrong. It's, right? it's he's it's serious.
0: Uh, so, um, so he—you said he took a lot of, love of photographs. And he did you took photographs of Horace, right? You got some of his photos of Horace Kephart?
1: Oh yeah. Um yeah. it was amazing. The the first just the first run-through, um, there were north of a dozen new photographs of Horace Kephart that we oh. hadn't seen. Um wow. and that's uncommon. I, right. I have I've only seen one in in my, my career, I've only seen one previously unknown photo of Horace Kephart appear, and all of a right. sudden there's 12 more and it turns out there's there's even more um we we haven't been through all of them yet um so yeah there's there's tons of new photos of Horace kephart in this and then then there's a
0: an interesting guy bob wanted me to ask you about jack cobert who was a supposedly trained boxer uh, about mountain boys referred to him as the practice knockster. what was it what was he what was his story he he um,
1: is not from the area but came here when he was a young man and was a uh, timber man and a land speculator and he he was at, during the the 20s and early 30s he was probably the wealthiest man in the far western counties of North Carolina um, and and just a, there there's so many good stories about Jack. Uh he and the thing about the stories is when you see photographs of him, the, the the person that's described in the stories, boy, you can tell. It's it's him. Um he he just comes across in the photos. Um oh, wow. there there are some pretty good photos of, of Jack in the How many photos? You Kelly seen? How
0: many? Yeah, Not 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 too many. No, Not but, too uh, many, but enough to give a
1: picture of it. Yeah, enough to give a picture of Jack, um, the uh, always present cigar that's just either dangling from his lips or his fingers, and never lit.
0: It's, <laughs> uh, so, how many in this Bennett collection? How many photos are involved? I don't have an exact number, but oh, you've got them all. Okay.
1: We haven't done them all. It's, it's, I think it's probably somewhere between three and 4,000.
0: Wow. And are you planning a, an exhibit soon?
1: We're hoping to. We, we have a, a small exhibit up in our reading room in Special Collections now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're currently going through a, a swap. Um, our online content management system is being updated. We're, we're completely redoing it. Um, so we're having to hold off on some new content on the website until that's finished. And once that's finished, yeah, I think, I think we're going to do some.
0: You don't don't have yet a big unveiling plan, right?
1: No, not yet. Um, We don't even have them all scanned yet. So uh, we've got the first couple thousand scanned and they've started going online. Um, But it's it's so exciting to see these things.
0: Uh, they're, they're, it's just they're old, but they're new. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, photos are not only part of what you do; you also have oral um, uh, history as well. And I was reading that you you found you interviews conducted uh, by the Western North Carolina or have interviews Black Oral History Project as part of the Hunter Library Special and Digital Collection. And give yep, sure a, a what a fascinating glimpse of the experiences of African Americans in Western North Carolina.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a neat it's a neat project. Um, those interviews are they're all online now, and they they are they're really worth a listen. They mm-hmm. they really are. Um, we also collect uh, letters and um, ledgers, business records. Um, all sorts of historical materials about the area,
0: mm-hmm. and um, you yeah, know, I think it's interesting that you discover, um, you know, things that you, you discover and, and are able to find. I, this was I read this interesting little story that you found uh, that there was a bunch of photos that appeared in a printed brochure called "The Remarkable Four of the Great Smoky Mountains" by. By uh, brochure by B.W. Wells and published in the twenties and thirties, but you had seen these photographs in Massa's collection, so you're trying to remember who they really belong to.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, we didn't know um, who had taken them. They were in they were in Massa's possessions when he died, and I was doing really just mundane improving inventory kind of work um, and discovered I, I I was flipping through this uh, obscure pamphlet and recognized these photographs
0: and uh-huh.
1: just put a bunch of connections together real fast um, but yeah uh, Bartram Whittier Wells was a botanist at North Carolina State University and provided the photographs for this this brochure this remarkable flora of the Great Smoky Mountains. Um, and I don't know how George Massa wound up with the
0: originals, but uh, he did. And how do you determine who took them? How do you figure that out? Well, um,
1: first it was he's credited in the brochure. Uh, Wells wow. is credited in the brochure. And then I just started looking at um, other known works by Wells on North Carolina state university's website. And there was no mistaking. It was was definitely Wells. Um, But yeah, that, that was, that was, that was exciting actually.
0: That that, that would be exciting. I mean, it's like, uh... Yeah, you, you discover uh, a mystery in a sense, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we never knew exactly what these what these were, and uh, there was always lots of speculation because uh, they have primitive Photoshop. These mm. these photographs, these originals, somebody has taken a very very fine paintbrush and lightened the lights and darkened the darks with these uh-huh. photos, they're beautiful. They're just they're, um, but but they did that to up the contrast so that they would reproduce well on this brochure. And uh, it, it, we always just, a lot of speculation was that they were just art pieces, but it was, it was just primitive Photoshop. Wow.
0: Cool. Fabulous.
1: So is there any
0: other uh, projects you're working on at the, uh, at the, at the, the collections department? Anything that you got plans for the future you can tell us about? Well, um We've
1: had a lot of great donations in the last couple of years. Um, we have been adding them to the digital collections um, as fast as we can, um, and those those collections. Uh, many of them are actually a lot of them are from Swain County. Um, mm-hmm. We've been working closely with uh, the friends of the Bryson City Cemetery to identify people in these these photographs. Um, and the the photos that are coming for the digital collections—that's that's really exciting stuff. The Frank Fry photography and uh, the I.K. Stearns photography, and uh, of course Kelly Bennett.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, we're know uh, yeah, It's been interesting for us of uh, taking over the motel and the yeah, process of family transitioning things. We found lots of photos from the 60s and 70s of roadside culture in the mountains because, you know, we've been in Met, the Metal Art Motel has been around for a long time. And it's really interesting going through all this ancient, you know, things to see how life has changed, how things are similar, how things are different, what's, you know, well, what, what's happened. There's a lot of information in there. You know, we created a new roadside motel, roadside, uh, we created a new sign for the Metal Art Motel based upon a picture of the original sign that we happened to find from, yeah, like the sixties. is cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, if somebody wanted to donate something to Western Carolina university, uh, how, how would they go about doing that?
1: Well, they can, they can contact us directly. Um, you can go to um, Western's website and follow the quick link to the library and then go to special and digital collections. And there's a, there's a sidebar um, on our website that um, says donating your collection. And you mm-hmm. can just visit that, or you can contact me directly um, at my email address, which is jbrady. That's J B R A D Y at
0: WCU.edu. Is there any particular types of photos or collections or particular historical period you're looking for right now or be excited to get?
1: Um, Not in particular. We're always open to uh, any materials that pertain to regional history. And that's, that's not just Jackson County. It's um, where, where Western Carolina university is located, but it's, it's all the Western counties. We're very interested in the, the, the cultural and, uh, All the history of of the the region. Um, So if you have letters um, or photographs or uh, business ledgers or anything pertaining to a place in this area, we're interested.
0: Cool. Well, you know, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk about what's current in this area that you like and things, you know, things that you find exciting and interesting going on. All right. All right. Howdy! This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast, and my guest Jason Brady. Hey, Jason, that that commercial right before here was about pet lovers, and it reminded me that you're a dog lover. Uh, What kind of dogs you got? I have uh, four Britneys.
1: And you just you you do anything with them, or
0: you just enjoy having them?
1: I I basically just just try to keep up with them and keep them from killing themselves That's- <laughs>
0: uh, you have any other hobbies like that
1: no pretty much that that keeps me busy um uh, they they like the same things i do so uh it's a natural fit
0: uh, do you go, do you take them hiking quite a bit
1: yep every chance i get uh but not often enough to suit them what are, what are some of the favorite
0: favorite hiking places people take a dog with them to go?
1: Well, um, I don't have any favorites to speak of. Um, I go all over Nantahillie National Forest. Um, and really, if I was to recommend some places for folks, uh, you, you can just hit the parkway. And most of the scenic overlooks, most of the parking areas, there are trailheads. There's no shortage. There's all kinds of places to go.
0: So you just, just get, get them in your car and then go someplace on the parkway go to, go to scenic overlook and there'll be a trailhead there and you just go with them.
1: Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. It's, right. it's very, it, that's the, that's the,
0: one of the great and, and things about them, this place. And most of them are dog friendly, right? Uh,
1: within, within, right at the beginning, um, if you're within the bounds of the Blue Ridge Parkway, they have to be leashed, but uh,
0: otherwise, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, how about the Great Smokies National Park? How do they have dogs in, uh, on the trails and hiking in there? They have rules. careful. I like the way you said that. They have rules. <laughs> uh,
1: you you got to be careful about that. You got Some trails, it's okay to have dogs on a leash, um, but that's why I spend more time in the national forests.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, be, uh, visitors be aware of that. Look up the rules of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, which, which ones you go to and which ones you can't. Um, right. So, yeah. So do you, you, do you live in Caney Fork now?
1: No, I don't. Um, I got an opportunity to, to buy a home from family members, um, uh, close by
0: uh, in Colley, It's in um, so Jackson County, right? Yeah. So, yep, so you love yep. Jackson County. That's, what, that's where Western Carolina University is. It's Dillsboro, Silva. Man, yep. kind of, that's some real marquee names for people loving a real good experience. Um, yeah, one of the things I'd like to, to talk to my guests about is an itinerary. If somebody was visiting your area, you know, what would you do for breakfast? Where would you go afterwards? What'd you do for lunch? Let's walk. Would you, would you want me to walk through that? Sure.
1: All right. Um, well, one of the fixtures in Silva for breakfast is the coffee shop. I know. to tell
0: me that the coffee shop is great. Huh? That, that sounds like a place I've got to go. What's your favorite yeah. food there?
1: They've got everything, basically. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's a classic diner kind of situation. Uh-huh. Um, whatever you want.
0: And what? Um, and what do you do? What would you do after breakfast?
1: Oh, well, my standard answer is head out to the woods, but you know that's that's what I always do. Um, what would a guest,
0: What would you recommend the guests do? Somebody visiting? What's the thing they should see in the morning there? Well, um, you definitely want to
1: definitely want to spend some time on the parkway.
0: Right. Um,
1: that's that's you're never going to run out of time up there that's a wonderful place to go um and then you know um you can always make your way back down to civilization um for lunch um and i like south of philly uh in the jackson plaza or the in uh, the plaza and silva where um the movie theater and uh, the ABC store are at. Uh, South Philly's great place for lunch sandwiches.
0: Is it gonna got a Philly, Philly cheesesteak?
1: Yep, they sure do. Oh, and a cool. lot of other things I even yeah. of Philly's and South Philly was known
0: for its cheesesteaks, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good place. Um, and um, something later on if you've If you feel like something special, um, the frog's leap in Waynesville is wonderful. I, I haven't gotten over there recently, but, um, all the times I've been there, it's just been very special.
0: Cool. And, um, if you were um, wanting somebody to do something in the afternoon, would, would you tell them to go take that train out of Dillsboro, or what would you have to do?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. that That's always a good thing to do. Um, and while you're waiting, you can go to Innovation Station yeah. in Dillsboro, um, which is innovation, let's face it. It's, it's the best brewery in Western North Carolina.
0: Hands down. <laughs> Uh, Buchem and Bearwater might disagree with you. <laughs> uh, they're free to, yeah. <laughs> but
1: no innovations. They're great. They're they're great. They've got three locations. They've got the the one in Dillsboro, the Innovation Station. And there's one in, on Main Street in Silva. And there's also one at uh, Western. Um They have a a smaller location in Noble Hall.
0: Wow, cool. Well, that's pretty cool. And then uh, evening, what's the best place to get some entertainment?
1: I'm probably not the best to ask for that. But, uh, <laughs>
0: what have you heard?
1: <laughs> I don't get out much, but um actually uh Asheville oh, Ashville's yeah. always a good oh, place yeah. to go for that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Um but I'm sure there I'm sure there are some venues around here. Um I just
0: I'm a homebody in the evening. Okay. Well, so, I'll, I'll recommend the speakeasy at the Middle art motel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Check Come that on. out. Yeah. Oh, Underground speakeasy. So cool. So I appreciate you being a guest. Is there any other uh, shout outs you want to give any kind of Facebook, social media you want to mention or, um, uh, anything that you want to promote that last minute is happening? Um, just, just, uh,
1: appreciation for, uh, for Western and uh,
0: enabling us to do what we do. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. It's been good. Uh, it's been a good, uh, a very good time talking with you. Uh, you know, this podcast is part of the talk NYC radio network and, the, and every week they have multiple daily live uh, talk shows about different aspects of culture and media and uh, business and life. Um, right after this one is usually a pretty good uh, podcast about and, you know being in New York and things to do in New York. So um, I recommend uh, you stick around and listen to the show after this. Um, it's a, it's a great thing and listen to other shows on this network. Um, I want to mention that the Metal Art Motel has a uh, go, going on a weekday getaway special uh which is you know visit maggie Mountain in the heart of the great smokies for a three-night getaway arriving on sunday or monday and you'll get one night free Uh, it's a great opportunity to really explore uh the mountains winter is actually a special time when you when you uh when you walk through the, the hiking and the trails uh, you, can, um, you, can, you can get better views because there's no leads in your way. You get some spectacular views of the mountains. And now is a really good time. for It's, it's sort of a quiet time right now. So you can get the trails, and it's very quiet, and you can really have a sort of a zen experience in the Smokies at this time of year. I love it. Um, so come on and visit us to do that. You can find out more about this podcast at gatewaytothesmokies.fun. And we have a newsletter you can subscribe to there it uh, also has all the previous podcasts and the live the videos that we did we also have a facebook page facebook.com gateway to the Smokies podcast where we this um, is broadcast live every tuesday from uh, from six to seven um so um you know be sure to visit that we're gonna have probably one more live podcast this this month and, and then some reruns and then come back in the end of january the whole new uh, A whole new uh, program of podcasts. We look forward to having you uh, here. So again, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. I'll see you next week. uh, And I appreciate uh, your listening to us. Ciao.